It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Jake Faree. Hey, Jake, how are you doing? Hey, good morning. Doing good. Thank you. My show is called Get the Funk Out. Obviously, you know, we all go through these ups and downs, and I want to find out how you got to where you are now. You know, were you going through some kind of personal funk, something going on that got you into, you know, going through, you know, helping people with personal transformations, physically, mentally, etc.? Yes, actually. (laughs) Um, I, I would say that any of my moments of, like, being down, like, led me to led me to fitness and eventually led me into yoga and mindfulness. Uh, but it started actually in fitness related and that was back in, in college and I was just going through some hard times then. And, uh, something happened where I had to get out of college and I just remember being like really down being like, Oh no, like, what am I going to do now? What's mm-hmm. going on? And, uh, I remember I went straight to the gym and as soon as I got there, it seemed like everything was just like, it was just a reminder everything was going to be okay. Like I was able yeah. to it, find a way to be in the moment when I'm there. Cause you're, you know, you're pushing it hard. Like there's nothing else that you can really be thinking about. Sure. Um, and so it switched my mindset and I knew there was something to that. Um, and I remember at that moment, it was when I was like, all right, like there's something to this. If, if this is how it's going to change me all of a sudden from being this, you know, going through these moments in my life where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm a loser or, you know, no good or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the gym was a place that switched that for me, and I knew there was something there. So uh, from there, I went into fitness, and I've been in fitness uh, since I was 19. So it's been uh, almost 20 years now. So, and then, uh, wait, let me I ask you, say, quick, Jake, oh, let me ask yeah, a quick question. Ahead. So in high school, were you not someone who liked to work out, or you just did it occasionally? I, in high school, I was, like, I played sports, and so I did what was what was needed to be on the sports team. So, okay. yeah, I did work out a little bit at the gym. And um, and then I also, uh, you know, going to, to practice and stuff like that kept me pretty fit. But uh, it didn't, like, actually hit me until, like, I started having moments in my life where I was, like, feeling down. And I realized I would go to the gym and then all of a sudden everything would be okay. Yeah. In that sense, as far as, like, for my mind, it's what I needed. It was a way for me to, to uh, you know, switch gears and be able to switch my perspective. I've definitely gone through my own personal funks, and I know that getting your body moving, no matter what you're facing, whether it's a personal challenge, professional challenge, anything, really helps. Yeah, and it's. I, I think what's so great about it is it, it brings your awareness into what's happening right now. It, it allows you to be present, you know, whether it's through yoga with your breath and your movement or through meditation with just connecting to the moment or, you know, fitness in general where it's, you know, you have to take the time to be present so you can, you know, be able to move properly and be efficient depending on what you're doing, you know. I definitely, you just touched on something, being present. A lot of times, let's say I would take a yoga class, I'd find my mind was somewhere else and I'm like, focus, you know, and I feel (laughs) like that the breath, everything brings you back. Yeah, the breath especially, like, it's, that was a tricky one for me. Like, that didn't make sense for me for a while. Probably took, like, a good, like, five years into the yoga practice where where the breath just was just kind of like a, you know, although the instructor reminds you to breathe and, mm-hmm. and tell you to breathe, it wasn't something I was able to connect to until probably, like, five years into the practice. And then once I was able to connect to the breath and realize to get the movements to to kind of dance with the breath in a way to connect movement and breath, mm-hmm. uh, to connect the body, it was kind of night and day with what it does to the practice because once you're able to get your body to move with the with the breath, it becomes a bit of a seamless flow. It feels more like you're dancing than 
than you know holding poses or moving through poses the transitions become like a uh it becomes a bit seamless right. and then it brings you fully it brings you fully present because when you're connecting the breath you have to be mind conscious of like what's happening while you're breathing and then you get the body to move with that breath you have two parts of the body that are like connecting together the breath and the body and all of a sudden you're fully present and it's a it's really a magical thing once you're able to connect those two i call it like the zone <clears throat> you get into this incredible yeah. zone and and then when you are present and you you find your breath you you're oh you open up more i know uh, for instance i had a problem with my shoulder and some one part of it was injury caused from overdoing and I lost a close friend and I pushed myself and then I held on to that pain and I felt I yeah. found that yoga and massage and being mindful really kind of opened things up and helped relax me yeah yeah the breath does that and you'll notice that like if people are going through stuff like or they're stressed out like their breath patterns completely change like they, like you're saying you, you, you hold it in like you're, hold, right. you're literally holding stuff in so your breath is not is going to be a bit more shallow and you're you're holding onto it like you're grasping for air, and when you're able to get to a place where you bring your awareness into the breath and turn into the breath in a way to create calmness and to relax this breath in a way where you're just making the inhales and exhales a bit longer, mm -hmm. you can't help but mirror what's happening with the breath. So if you take the time to calm the breath, the body and the mind will start to calm down as well. Here's a question for you. During the time I was taking a yoga class, I started thinking like about my childhood. I was getting really emotional. Does that happen to a lot of people? Like you start uh, working through stuff? <laughs> it does. I, it's, I think yoga is so sneaky that way. Like when I first started, I was definitely not like someone who was looking for any kind of spiritual awareness or just awareness in general. Mm -hmm. I was just like looking to, you know, I just want to stretch out my muscles. My body was really tight. Um, and that's what turned me on to it. But yoga has a way of just sneaking in, and it does. It taps into the body. It taps into the mind. And when we come to a place, there's even, like, certain poses that you can do that open up different parts of the body. And, you know, you'll hear from some people, uh, their opinion that we hold emotions in the body. Oh, yeah. And so we can hold emotions in certain places. And yoga has a way of kind of opening up the body in this aspect where it's as if the emotion starts to arise it starts to come up so oftentimes you'll be in a pose and sometimes people are going to start to cry or yes. they'll have a memory um but it's in those times that i think are really beautiful and if we can just drop into them in a place where we can trust that it's a process they're coming up because they're ready to be released we can allow ourselves to heal a lot of things yeah. And when I first started yoga, it was, it scared me. Cause I was like, ah, like, I'm like, I don't want to feel like I was taught not to feel anything. Like I was someone who always wanted to hold stuff in and like, it wasn't, it wasn't right for a guy to, to uh, express their feelings. Um, so when it first came up within the practice, it, it kind of like freaked me out a little bit, but at the same aspect, I was curious to it. So mm -hmm. I stayed in it. And what I've noticed is what I call is stir the pot, you know, like it's, it starts to like stir the pot and gets off some of the scum of the pot. So yeah. at first, right. like my emotions start coming up, I started to have to deal with a lot of stuff that maybe I wasn't aware of at the time. Okay. And then it just starts to clean. It just starts to be a cleansing process. And then now, as I start to practice yoga, I don't have as much stuff to deal with anymore because it all, like most of it has, come, has been able to come up. So I've already dealt with it. And then you get to a part within the practice where it just becomes more of a, a meditation and a calmness. Mm -hmm. But at first, or if you're holding on to stuff, it's definitely going to pop up. You can't hide your stuff in yoga. Like you're, you're, 
emotions are going to pop up in some way, whether it's just with the mindset or, you know, all of a sudden you're crying or, yeah. you know, sometimes people are just like, just start laughing all of a sudden. Right. But it does, it, it brings up different things. And I think it's important in those moments to be able to notice what triggered that. Like, as far as like what's coming up for you and just sit with it, no need to necessarily judge it, but just listen to it. Because yes. like, a lot of times when we allow ourselves to be open enough in the process, we're able to learn from it. And it's through that learning that we can, you know, start to own up to it and empower ourselves to move through it. That's so tremendous what you just <clears throat> said. I, I actually was reading a book uh, called When Things Fall Apart. Is it Pima Chodron? I don't know if you've heard of her book. No, but, not, but, I haven't. But you just touched on something, and I feel like when things come up and you feel a certain way, that's a spot in yourself that needs some healing and attention. Yeah. So it's important to listen to it. And it's, you know, it happens, it, like it really happens in the yoga practice a lot. And you're going to be able to notice, I always like to look around the room and notice how people react to things. I feel like you don't necessarily learn the most in all the poses that you can do right and perfect. It's we start to learn from the poses that we mess up in, that we fall out of. Oh. How do you react to falling? Yeah. You know, and you see people that will fall sometimes and then they'll just like, they'll stop and they'll kind of give up or they'll make like a frustrated face or right. they get upset, but then they try to get back into it. And because they didn't take the time to reground themselves, they fall out of it again. So it's just like this constant pattern. And it's, and it's interesting to notice how, how you, how you work through that in the practice, because it's a good indication of how you work through challenges in your life. Yes. You know, if you're, I always tell people like, if we fall down, like, can we let that go and learn from it and allow ourselves to get right back up? Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's how we respond to it is what's going to be the biggest the biggest thing. And yoga is really cool in the aspect that we learn how to ch actually change our responses by becoming aware of them. Yes. So we become aware of what happens when we fall out of something. You know, how do we react to it? And then once you're aware of it, if you don't like that way that you react, then we now have a place where we can change it. But it starts through awareness first. Yes. I'm always the one who's, you know, balancing on one foot and I fall over and I'm saying to myself, yeah, that's because you're not paying attention. You're thinking about a fight you have with somebody or something or an emotion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that that's just shows you how if you're not in the moment, it's easy to fall. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not paying attention to what's going on or if you don't have that awareness, it, it is easy to fall. You know, they, they tell us when we're working on our balance in the yoga practice to, to find a spot that you, can, that you can look at, that you can, what's called find your jersey. So you find a spot that you can look at, that you can put your attention and your focus. Yes. And that's what it's about. It's like, how can we focus? When you allow yourself to be so focused on something, you become more precise, more in the moment, and therefore becoming more balanced in that moment. I love that, because that can apply to anything. Yes, completely. And with most of the things within yoga, like there's always a way that we can, I don't know, it always boggles my mind because I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, like, <clears throat> this is actually a really great lesson for life. <laughs> like everything that pops up is like, okay, like, how I'm reacting here in this moment is probably how I would react to, you know, me falling somewhere in life or, you know, failing at something or, or whatever, or our perception of what failure actually is. Yes. Now, have you always been a very strong guy? Because, you, you know, you have very defined muscles, or has oh. that gotten more, <laughs> has that gotten more intense with yoga? Um, I would say that in the past, uh, my strength was in armor. Like I, yes. I thought I needed to put it on to, uh -huh. uh, to make myself more, uh, to look stronger, to look more masculine, um, and to like to armor myself as a protection. Um, as I've been doing yoga, I have noticed that uh, my strength is coming more from the inside, mm -hmm. and although my body may be uh, still strong and defined, 
it's softer. Like it's it's a softer, more uh, more movable, more pliable body. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a lot more functional. Like and like I do my best I can to to be aware of my feelings and to feel my feelings. And I think my body actually reacts that reacts that way too because I'm a whole lot more. Uh, I can move a lot easier. Like I remember when I was I actually used to do bodybuilding competitions when I first started lifting weights. Okay, and I just wanted to get as big as I could, as strong as I could, and look the best that I possibly could. Okay. But in the process, I didn't do any kind of stretching, and I didn't do any kind of uh, self-work either. It was all very this kind of like physical aspect that I was obsessed with at the time. Um, but my body got to a place, though, although it, it may have looked really good at the time, I couldn't move very well. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I first started yoga, I couldn't, I couldn't reach my arms fully up over my head. Really? I couldn't bend down. I couldn't. I couldn't like touch my toes by any means. I couldn't take my hands and and uh, interclass them behind my back. Like so, there's a lot of things that like although I may have looked good like functionally, I I really wasn't. Like I had no I had no movement. And then when I started yoga, I started noticing that my body was able to to uh, soften more, to move more, and the softness that it created there also created a softness within within myself. Like I stopped being so so hard on myself and yes. so hard on others as well right. and be more forgiving and compassionate. I'm kind of blown away right now because I, I can relate to what you're saying and I feel like, you know, people judge other people how they look, but they don't know mm. how they feel like they might be crumbling inside. Yeah. And we have the persona that people see <clears throat> and then we have who we really are. And, you know, I can understand how yoga has brought you such inner and outer strength. Yeah, fully. Like it definitely taught me to to uh, to look within myself. Like it, in, when you're in the practice and you allow yourself to go there, you can't help but you know see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a yogurt a yogurt yeah a yogurt <laughs> expert, but like for instance, I have a shoulder injury and I had back surgery years ago. But there are all kinds okay. of different levels, right? Yeah, and there's so there's so many different types out there as well. So it it can be a bit overwhelming when you're first. Yes. You know, getting started. Um, and what I try to tell people to do is, like, keep in mind that there are so many different kinds. There's so many different teachers. People teach very differently. So if the first one doesn't quite work for you, like, try someone else. Try someone different. Some people are going to be more uh, drawn to, like, a slower moving class or mm-hmm. a restorative class where a lot of times you're just getting into a pose and just, like, laying there in a very relaxing way. Okay. Um, other people are going to be more drawn to a flowing class where you're connecting movement with breath or a power class where you're bringing in some strength aspect behind it. Um, if you're just starting out, though, like I, I would say like try to see what you can do to look in for like a beginner class. Mm-hmm. And that may just mean that uh, you may have to look online and do a few beginner instructional videos at first. Um, I think that's a nice way to a nice way to start it but at the same aspect keep in mind that whenever we start anything new it's it is a process oh, yeah. and it, it and it may be difficult to get started like when i remember i when i first went to my first yoga class and you know i got in there and i you know i was a workout guy so i thought yeah like i can do whatever we're just going to be stretching it's fine yeah and <laughs> i picked a class that was like level like they they usually are ranked up to like level three okay so i was like okay like i'll do the level two class so I remember going to that, and it was my first time. My whole body was just like shaking, and I couldn't. I had a hard time keeping up, and wow. like it was just it was just really interesting and extremely humbling. 
And I remember being next to this, uh, this older, this older woman at the time. And she was just like, so gracefully moving through everything and just mm-hmm. like holding the pose. Like it was just no big deal. And my body's like shaking and I'm sweating <laughs> and I'm looking at her and like, I'm hating her, which is <laughs> interesting. So I'm like, all right, like there's some anger in there that needs oh, to get out. So, funny. Um, so yeah, it's very humbling at first. And I think like we need to walk into it just like knowing that like, just don't expect to be able to, to keep up the entire time and just go into it doing the best that you can and realize yes. that like as you start to keep going, your body will start to learn it. You're going to start to learn the names. And you'll go to some class and they're just like, go into Warrior One. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you've never done it before, like how are you supposed to know what any of that means? Yes. Um, so I think it is important to find an instructor that works for you, even if it is an advanced class, maybe finding somebody that can still walk you through step by step. And that's what I try to do in my classes. Like I try to make it most of them all levels where we can have someone who's just walking in and still be able to keep up in some sense and somebody who's been practicing for a long time and still be able to feel challenged. That's excellent. But it all just depends on different steps that you're able to walk through. Yes. Now, um, your focus is on the breath, healing, and also <clears throat> massage, right? Uh, massage is a bit new. I, okay. uh, I traveled to Thailand um, my first time, it was three years ago, um, and did a Thai massage course there, um, and really, really kind of fell in love with it. And I've been going back every year since. So I've been back, uh, three years and I've gone through, uh, different Thai machine, uh, Thai trainings every time I've gone there. And, and Thai massage, I think it's such a, it's a beautiful combination with yoga, um, because it's basically, they also call like Thai massage, like yoga for lazy people. <laughs> because you don't have to do anything. You let someone else just kind of move your body and, oh. and uh, play with the trigger points. Uh, thai massage, a lot of it is, is finding uh, trigger points throughout the body. Okay. Um, and then also just stretching. Like, so it's uh, stretching and, and finding those spots that may be a little stuck. I see. Uh, which I think is so, it's so beautiful and so complementary to the practice. I'm able to, to uh, put it in with uh, a lot of my private clients. We can do like a combo of, of yoga and Thai massage. And then also I introduce it a little bit within the yoga practice in a group class, just based off the sense of me working on different adjustments with people um, throughout the practice. Amazing. Um, but I have noticed that uh, just the, the healing powers of massage and, and touch and knowing where to, you know, where to bring your hands on somebody's body in a way where you can create a, a healing aspect and being able to get them to connect to their breath and maybe be able to bring more energy to certain parts. Cause it's, sometimes it's easy to be able to feel um, for me where somebody is holding tension or, or where they feel a little bit tight and then have them direct their attention there. And a lot of times when you direct your attention there, you're able to find a way to relax that area, become more aware of it. Some, a lot of times people are tensing up in places they don't even realize they're holding all this tension. It's just like, let's bring awareness there. Yes. And then again, once we have awareness, then we can make the power. We can have the power to empower ourselves to make the change. But first, we have to we have to know. We have to know what's going on first. I was told I was going to need shoulder surgery, and I said to the mm. doctor, "No, I'm I'm not doing that," because uh, yeah. I had a frozen shoulder. And then I decided to just do massage and a yeah. lot of stretching. And also, my dad had stage four cancer at the time, so I had all this emotion and sadness and I felt like the massage really helped to open up all this tension in my body and all this pain. Sure. Yeah, especially with frozen shoulder too. <laughs> like 
I think it's so important because it, it helps to create more movement there, more blood flow there. Mm-hmm. And that's really what's needed for there to start to like loop that joint up again. Yes. And, you know, as you know, like as we, as we stress, a lot of people hold stress in different ways. And, you know, the shoulders are a huge, a huge factor when it comes to, when it comes to stress. Yeah, I had no idea. And everything was so interconnected between the neck and this and that. Mm. And so I found it really interesting because I don't feel like surgery should be your only option. You know? No, no. And I, I feel like it, it can definitely be beneficial at, at times and good at times. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, like what aspects are you putting in in other ways to, you know, to try? It's, I think a lot of people think here and they just go right for it. It's like, no, like, let's let's try the other natural things first because your body is amazing. Like I've seen it do amazing things and the mind is even more amazing. So it's like you're able to connect the mind and the body. It can do, it can really create miracles. Yes. I always say to people, you know, I used to jump and take, you know, uh, ibuprofen if I had pain. Now Mm. I'm a detective. I'm like, well, why does my neck hurt or why is this happening? And I, a lot of times I just have to stretch. Yeah. And it goes away. I've learned that <clears throat> I learned to just get in my body and just feel like move around a little bit. Yeah. Feel it out. Like if I feel like, Oh wait, there's a, there's something that's a little sore. Yeah. Stay in it. And then you pause. That's the place where you pause. Mm-hmm. You pause, you breathe through it, let it relax. All of a sudden the pain really goes away. Yes. And then you explore a new spot. Yeah. So it's like yoga in a cool way does that. Like it, it allows you to sort of explore the body, explore where you're feeling things. In most cases you can sit with it, breathe through it. And you start to notice how it starts to relax, how it starts to release. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when we release something that we're holding on to, a message will pop up in some way. Whether it's just like, you know, a relief or emotional aspect like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, I think that finding that movement and allowing yourself to come into it in a way where it's, where you're just exploring. You know, they call yoga a practice because there's no like, there's no end to it. And there's no, there's no finish line. It's learning how to be so present with every pose that you're just allowing yourself to be just an observer. You're allowing yourself to be in it in a way where you're just exploring. You're just noticing. You're noticing what pops up, being aware that there's always some kind of uh, growing aspect that can happen within it, whether it's this physical aspect or emotional aspect or mental aspect or just connecting a little bit deeper to the breath or just feeling a little bit more. Yes. I also feel like it allows me to feel... Uh, thankful and put things in perspective and I get these you said you know messages pop up like the message you know what it's gonna be okay this thing yeah. I've been dwelling on it's no big deal mm-hmm and there's actually a lot of poses that are designed in a way to remind us that that it's gonna be okay because we will sometimes we'll search for like as an instructor we'll put people in a, in a pose that's a little that's a bit uncomfortable like it's uncomfortable it's meant to be a little bit uncomfortable you know and then we learn to sit with it yeah Okay, so we get a place that's uncomfortable, we sit with it, we breathe through it, and then as soon as we get out of it, it all kind of like flushes away, and then you notice that like this too shall pass. Like yes. it's a reminder that this too shall pass. Yes. You know, you, and, you, and you, learn to, you learn how you react to moments that are a little bit stressful in that case, because again, we, we bring you into a place that's a bit uncomfortable, okay, mm-hmm. so it can be a bit stressful, and then how do you react to that? Like where does your mind go? What comes up? What emotions arise? Are you able to sit with it in a calm relaxed, clear way, and just observe what happens. And you'll notice that things start to shift. And that carries on into life. Like we will learn how to sit with and deal with, you know, stressful situations that come up. Like you'll realize that like, 
you know, freaking out about it doesn't help anything. Like, it's certainly not going to help your balance, and it's certainly not going to help you dealing with the situation. Yes, it makes you more centered and calm and without, yeah, without flipping out over the little things. Yeah. So fascinating, because the whole idea of my show is that we need to you know, pamper ourselves. So don't just mm. wait to do yoga and be mindful and maybe have, you know, different massage sessions when everything's great. Um, no, when everything's bad, do it as a preventative as well. Yeah. I think uh, one thing that's really important is, is setting up rituals, rituals for yourself. I'm a huge believer on that. And it's, uh, there's a list of things that I do every single morning that it, it takes work. You know, it takes, it takes work to, uh, to keep yourself on this field of positivity and to keep your place in a, yourself in a place of, you know, staying authentic, but at the same time, like also setting yourself up for, for, you know, happiness and success. I feel like it, it, there is some work that needs to be done in that aspect. And so like every morning there's a list of a few things that I do that help keep me grounded, that help keep me focused and to help keep my head in the, you know, in the right positive aspect. Can you share a few? Yeah, of course. Uh, first thing I do is I meditate. So as soon as my alarm goes off, I sit right up in bed. Um, I get up, sit up, um, and I do that for 20 minutes every day. And that's wow. the first thing I do. So connecting to my breath, connecting to my body, um, which at that time in the morning, it's like you don't have a lot of other thoughts happening around you because mm-hmm. you're just waking up. Um, so I'm able to go basically right into that meditative state. Um, and then from there, after the 20 minutes, I kind of do a bit of a reflection, uh, just noticing, you know, how I'm feeling today, like what's going on, and if I can direct my, my body and my mind into a place of positivity. So uh, sometimes I'll do a list of things that I'm, grat- that I'm grateful for, and it could just be something as simple as, like, I'm grateful for my breath, I'm grateful for my body, I'm grateful for my dog and my friends, my family. So it's like it's taking notice of what's happening right now and bringing your awareness into things that you can have gratitude towards, and it can start to build up that awareness. Um, and then I, I, I write a little bit, uh, usually just write based off of like what it is that I'm thinking in the moment or things that may have inspired me, um, or things that I want to, uh, be aware of for that day, some kind of lesson, uh, throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I read after that. I have a, I have a small book or a book that I read every single day. Um, it's called the book of awakening and it's my favorite, like I've read through it like three times now and basically every single day it gives you something to focus on. Okay. Um, and so it's just like a small chapter, like a page. It will start off with a, a little bit of quote, a bit of a quote. And then, uh, the guy that writes it, his name is Mark Nepo. Uh-huh. Um, but he's, he's a poet. And so like his writing, you know, it's really beautiful and it really makes you think a little bit. So it gives you something to focus on that day. Um, and so I take a moment, I read that, I let it sink in and then, you know, I start my day from there. I want to mention. I just looked up the book, "The Book of Awakening: ha- Having the You're Life." On it. Yeah, having the life you want by being present to the life you have. He is a cancer survivor as well. Yeah, and he talks about it a lot throughout the entire entire book. The lessons that he's learned through cancer, um, and it's it's really really beautiful. I have a you know a few pages that like I I don't I don't ever really go back and like look at because they're all set up with dates. So it's like you know today August twenty first or whatever. Uh-huh. So you look at August twenty first. Um, but I know that there are certain dates within the book that I get really excited about. And like, when I go back and I hit it again the year later, like it's, uh, it's really cool. And I've gifted the book to quite a few friends 
And one of my friends, I think this story is beautiful, so I want to share it. My yeah, my friend my my friend Habib, I um, I gave him the book, and he gifted it to a lot of his friends. And he has friends that are that he gifted it to that you know his family that lives you know in Lebanon and a few other places. And he said one thing that he thinks is so beautiful about the book is it brings it brings people together in a way where he has a sense that like he knows that everybody's reading that same day together. Oh, and he says it's really yes. beautiful. Cause it's like, Oh, we're all on August, you know, August 21st. Right. So he knows that like sometime during the day, they're probably going to be reading that passage. And it's like, he said, it feels like it brings a connection to him and the people that he's with. And I've, I thought that was really beautiful. I've never really thought of it that way, but it's like, ah, like this book is different in that sense than a lot of books because you know, people get a book and they just read all the way through. It's like, no, you read the date that you're on. I like that. And so it's like, in a way it, it does connect people. And it's, uh, we sometimes, you know, talk back to each other being like, hey, did you read that passage for today or, or whatever. But it's, uh, it's really cool. And it always, um, it always opens my mind up in a way of being like, oh, like I never, I never maybe looked at it that way. Or sure. it, uh, it, it surprised me with some, some uh, great lessons. That's great. Quick question. <clears throat> when you talk about getting up and meditating, do you ever meditate to music without lyrics? Like, or do you just totally silent? No, um, actually, a lot of times I do, uh, Oprah and Deepak do a, like a 21-day meditation mm-hmm. uh, experience. Uh, they go through and they do it uh, like a free series every once in a while, like every three months or something. Um, but I also own a bunch of those. So a lot of times I'll listen to those. Yes. Uh, so that's one thing I do. It's a guided meditation. They usually give you a bit of a mantra, and then there's a silent part where you're basically just sitting with it. Um, and then there's other times that I just sit and I just try to listen to my breath and notice where my mind goes. And the thing about meditation, I've been doing it now for, I don't know, I would say at least eight years, but oh. consistently every single day for the last probably like three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that like, even as I've been doing it for this long, I still have plenty of moments where my mind goes somewhere else and I start thinking about other things. But what I've noticed is like, I'm able to catch that quicker. That's like I'm good. able to notice that like, oh wait, my mind's going somewhere else. Now I can redirect it back. Right. And that's that's the process behind it. It teaches us how to redirect things Mm -hmm. and how to notice things. Because there's so many times that we start just going through life and we're working on this autopilot, we're making these mistakes, and we keep on making them over and over and we don't realize. We're going to take a quick break, and you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. We'll return shortly with more from Jake Faree. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Come blaze it forward at New Swan Shakespeare Festival. In honor of Blaze Bernstein and in the spirit of hashtag blaze it forward, a movement created by his parents, Jeannie and Gideon, dedicated to spreading love and kindness throughout the world. New Swan Shakespeare Festival is providing a free performance of A Midsummer Night's Dream, for students at Orange County School of the Arts. This performance will be held on August 21st at 8 p.m., and the event is made possible by the generous support of the following members of the New Swan and OSHA communities. Susan and Jean Spiritus, Pamela and Carl Lagoni, Diana and Jay Moss, Jean and Tim Weiss, Yvonne and Damian Jordan, Joni Ellen Siegel, and Jay Myers. For more information, visit NewSwanShakespeare.com. All 
right, we're back with Jake Faree. The thing about meditation that's cool is it, is it helps bring our awareness into what's happening right now. So we sit there, I start to breathe. If my mind starts shifting somewhere else, maybe it goes down that path for a little bit, but then I notice it quickly and then I just redirect it. Right. Okay, so it gives us this awareness of how to redirect things. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've noticed with, with meditation I feel like is really important to, uh, to uh, put out there. Some people say, like, oh, you know, I don't have time to meditate, or, or it's just hard to make that time. Well, for one, like, when we talk about meditation, we're literally only talking about like 10 to 20 minutes a day. So exactly. that really isn't that much time to begin with. But in the same aspect, I feel that meditation helps create more time. And what I mean by that is, it teaches us in a way to become more efficient, where, where before we may be having our mindset on, on certain things and we start stressing about it, I notice that the stuff that, like that, that would happen in my life before doesn't happen as often. Like, I'm not, like, my mind isn't going somewhere else and stressing about something. Right. And so it's not, it's not pulling me away. And when I'm not pulled away, I can be more present. And when I'm more present, I can be a whole lot more efficient. I can get a whole lot more stuff done. And it, in a way, it starts to save time because things that I would normally do that may take me, I don't know, an hour to do, mm-hmm. I become a bit more efficient. I can be more focused. Focused, yeah. Learn the focus key mm-hmm. and probably push it out in 40 minutes versus the hour. So all of a sudden, there's that 20 minutes that are used. Yes. Like it, it finds a way to pay back. Absolutely. Like the time that you put in will always pay back. Now, I used to do, um, when I was going through <clears> a tough time with my dad, I would walk for miles and I would listen to music. Do you have to be sitting still to meditate, or can you be doing walking by yourself? Depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Um, I fully believe that just being present in the moment is a meditation. Yeah. So whether you're walking, whether you're doing yoga, whether you're lifting, like I've had plenty of moments where I'm at the gym and I'm lifting, and I'm fully, completely present in that moment. So I feel like in some aspects that, in a way, is a meditation or right. gardening, you know, just sure. allowing yourself to be present in what's happening in the moment, in my opinion, yes. is is a meditation. I even find I play electric guitar, and even just making stuff up and just getting into a zone is very meditative. Mm. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's beautiful. I want to ask you about, is it uh, Reiki and reconnective healing? What are those two things? Uh, yeah. Uh, Reiki, when I, I went through like one, it's called attunement. Uh, you have to have someone, uh, basically take you through it and then they, they say what's called attunement. So it's like a way to like certify you, I guess. Um, and that's more with being aware, uh, through touch, uh, where people are, it's more of a, a sensing of energy and redirecting energy throughout the body. Um, so it's, it's more like feeling energy with your hands and being able to be aware of where people are maybe holding more energy and then kind of sending, in a way, light to that area to help kind of release it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be more of the Reiki area. The reconnective healing, uh, that came to me, um, gosh, it was probably like, longer, maybe like 10 years ago. Uh, somebody in my class, uh, one of my yoga classes said, hey, you know, I, I do this thing. I, I really feel like that you would be connected to it. Why don't you come and do this weekend with us? And so he basically uh, put me on a free, this free training course um, with it. And uh, the guy who does the reconnective healing, uh, I believe his name is Eric, uh, I can't think of it, Eric something. Okay. Eric Pearl, Eric mm-hmm. Pearl. He mm-hmm. developed it. And he was a, a chiropractor, and he said that he was able to download he was able to download this message or something and then was able to, you know, 
be able to heal people with his hands in a way. Um, What I've learned from it is it helps bring me more awareness, Um, whether that awareness is being able to, you know, kind of bring in that moment fully into myself, but then also notice the energy that's happening, you know, throughout the room, whether like we all produce our own energy um, and we all, you know, tap into different energies and stuff like that. But being able to be with a client and be fully attuned to them in a way, be fully present in their body um, through feel, touch, and intention, mm-hmm. I feel like brings a, a healing pattern to that. Um, so a lot of things that I've, that I've done that I've picked up along the way, different modalities, you know, I've just found a way that, like, find stuff that resonates with me. Because there's plenty of stuff that I've gone through that I'm like, ah, like, I'm not really, like, that's a little bit, you know, I don't quite understand that or I don't quite believe that. Mm-hmm. But throughout the process, there's been plenty of things throughout that same kind of training that I'm like, ah, it's like, this makes sense to me or this connects with me. Um, so I'm going to bring that in. And that's happened with, you know, with the Reiki and the reconnective healing. And then I've also been through a bunch of different breath work trainings and stuff like that. And it's just like a lot of it, it can be very, very powerful and very meaningful. Um, I take the parts that make sense to me and that's what I try to share. I think it's amazing. I mean, it all comes down to taking care of yourself, your body, your mind, your spirit. It's a complete package. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of tools that we can use to increase our awareness. Like, to just be more aware of what's happening right now, whether it's through the breath or through touch or through meditation, just through just noticing or coming into yoga poses, uh, it all comes down to awareness. So taking the time to, you know, to sit with yourself in a way and notice what's going on. And like I said, they, we can have plenty of tools that can help us do that, whether it's through movement, uh, whether it's through, you know, connecting to your breath and meditation and stuff like that. But they're all just ways to get us to to be more aware of ourselves. Yes. I want to mention your blog. I, I read some of your posts. Uh, one that really struck me <clears throat> uh, was Finding Pride. I actually put an mm. excerpt up on my, my show blog. But your blog is uh, Jake, and the last name is dot com, uh, And then it's uh, slash Jake's hyphen blog. What inspired you to do the blog? I... Uh, hmm. Well, I guess Instagram actually was so <laughs> weird. But like, once I started doing Instagram, I was like, I didn't want to just write down anything and just post a photo. Like, I wanted something to be meaningful. So I would notice that um, in my morning meditations afterwards, when I would read my my book, and I'd always be kind of inspired to to write. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, like this is this is pretty cool. So I would start like writing what was ever on my mind, and that would usually be what my Instagram posts would be. Um, and with Instagram, I, I, you know, I try to make it short and condensed. Mm-hmm. But there were some times that I would end up having these thoughts that would go longer than what, you know, I feel like I could put in, you know, an, an Instagram post. There's not just really saying that. Um, <laughs> that I can put in an Instagram post. So I, that's when I decided, hey, like, there's a lot of things that I actually would like to say. And I'm really enjoying writing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to actually just start writing them down and just put them in a blog. Yeah. And I feel, as a writer myself, I feel like writing is such a great form of oh. self-expression, right? You get it yeah, all out. Yeah, it really has been, like, really amazing for me. And, and it's it's so funny that I that it's like Instagram is what brought out my my writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I remember I used to I used to write a lot when I was when I was really young, like, you know, elementary school, I used to write these books. Really? And, like, I was, I just remember just having this, this beautiful imagination. And, and uh, 
I lost it. I lost it at, at, at some point in my life. I, it was something that I that I closed off and and put away, um, and I haven't had it back out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Instagram kind of like it opened that that kind of that mindset of mine, be able to bring that out there and be able to write it down. And it's it's been it's been really cool. You know, and I've, uh, I've enjoyed it so much. Because we judge ourselves so much in the teen years, where we, you oh, know, yeah. we say like, "Oh, we're not so good," or other things take over. And, and but the true thing, it's great you came full circle back to writing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, it's definitely. I find it very healing. Um, my thoughts. It's a different way to collect the thoughts and to, you know, redirect things as well. I think it's a. It's a great time to. It's a great way to reflect. So, where can people find out more about you? Uh, Trainer Jake is uh, the easiest way to find me because it's easy to remember. I <laughs> Just Google Trainer Jake. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook or uh, website, all that stuff. It's mostly all of them. It's under Trainer Jake as well or Jake Faree. Uh, Either one of those is very easy. I'm, uh, I'm located in West Hollywood. I teach a lot of classes throughout here in Hollywood, have uh, private clients here, uh, but then also travel all over the place and then have uh, a great online uh, on-demand yoga program called Vinyasa Vault. Um, that you can find on my website as well if you want to start doing some yoga at home. Excellent. And if, and you said you teach um, in West Hollywood. So do you have classes mostly <clears throat> on the weekends or are they throughout the week? Uh, I teach every day, actually. Uh, when I'm in town, I usually teach every day, okay. uh, including, including Sundays uh, sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, I teach at a, a studio here and teach over at Equinox. And then I've developed uh, these rooftop yoga classes that I, that I do throughout uh, the summer months. Uh, and those are... I love those. Those are really cool because it's my own little project in a way. And I've been able to, you know, different, do different kind of events based off of just being outside and on the rooftop. And that's been, uh, that's been a lot of fun. I really love to see how that has grown. I've been doing that for the last six years. I love that. Um, but this year we're, uh, we're doing some really cool things. Like I've hired a, a violinist that comes out and plays with us during the practice. I which, saw that. Which is, oh my gosh, it's really, <laughs> it's really, it's really incredible because like every week we like I send him my my playlist of music that I want to play in class and mm-hmm. he gets those down and then comes out and just like adds his violin on top of it and it's just been it's been really wow. it's been really magical the sun setting um yeah it's it's really great Gorgeous. so I have, I'm doing that and then I'm doing a a guitarist that comes out next week and then next month we're doing these uh, sound off experience, which is I'm running these headphones that clear out all the noise around you except for my voice and the sound of whatever music I decide to play. Um, so it really redirects you and gets you fully focused on what's going on right there. So it's, I'm excited for those two. Wow. I, I would love to come out and take a class with you. I have to look at your schedule because I'm not a beginner. I've, you know, I've mastered more of the poses, um, yeah. but I would love to. I'll check out your schedule. For uh, sure. I'm so thankful my friend Susan introduced me to you, but she's too hardcore for me. <laughs> we love Susan. Susan oh, Susan's great. Amazing. Susan is great. She's hardcore in everything. Isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> right? she's she's amazing. I just admire her so much. So Yes, well, come to a class anytime. We'd I would love, love to. to. All right, Jake, this has been amazing. I want to thank you so much, and I'll be in touch. My pleasure. Take right. care. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.